If you love me, please don't judge me. Got my hands tied, the power's above me. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just a puppet here. If you wanna place blame, then look to the puppeteer. Family, fortune, envy, jealousy, privilege, passed on, legacy, secret, sabotage, borderline, felony, suicide, subtract, selfish, pedigree. When the love's gone and the hate's there, better watch out, cause it's hate fear. Your family ain't your family, and your legacy is just a Welcome back to the We Was Privileged Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. I'm your other host, Chanel. And we are back to talk about episode nine, the penultimate episode of the series of Succession, Church and State. Wow, It's wow, coming wow. to an end. I'm very sad. Yeah, for sure. Because I love this yeah. show so much. And I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss all the quirks and craziness. But I got to admit, it's one episode left. And I kind of have an idea of what's going to happen. But I really don't know what's going to happen. So again, undercover boss Greg, we're no, free. that's not happening. I know, I know what's not happening, and that's that. Wow, I see it. But before we get into this episode, uh, remember you can email us at wewasdragonspod at gmail dot com. You can leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast app. If it's a good review. We'll read it on the air. We actually have a couple emails and some reviews. So I'll get to the emails and Chanel will give us a new review. Uh, but we got a message. We got an email from Sonia. Again, thank you, Sonia. We love you that you're listening. She said, besides the baby dig, which I forgive because he didn't know she was pregnant, Tom was spot on on his Rita shift. Even with the most recent episode, I'm still not sympathizing for her. I think this show just keeps reinforcing that there are no good people in that universe. Greg had me hollering. He's so ridiculous. I'm so sad this is the final season. Yes, I agree. Greg is one of the funniest characters. Like He's just so... Is, mm-hmm. I don't think there's... Has there ever even been a, a serious scene with Greg? I don't even remember there ever being a serious scene with Greg. I mean, he cries, but we find him funny. Uh, so thanks, you know, for the, I mean, thanks, Sonia, for the email. We got another email from Megan with the, um, with, what do you call, I, why is it, I, I work from home and I send nothing but emails. What do you call it? The subject, the subject line is uh, happy birthday, Chanel. Happy late birthday, Chanel. And she said, happy birthday. I hope you had a wonderful day. I wanted to tell you both. Y'all made my day with the shout out. I had some important to do. Something important to do Saturday, and I was getting hyped, and I was listening to Full Reverse Viking when I heard your shout-out, and I was so touched. Thank you. Well, thank you, Megan, for listening to the show. I'm also also I'm listening to the latest episode, and I'm cracking up at Chanel's reaction to the listener email from South Africa. Y'all deserve listeners from all over. Hope you continue to grow your listener base. I'll do what I can to spread the word. Thank you, Megan. You're ridiculously supportive, Megan. We love you. And then we got another email from Sonia from this episode. And Sonia said, okay, so wow, I actually hurt for all the kids this episode. See, you're a better person than me. How did they make (laughs) me do that? I actually cried. I cried, exclamation point. How did I cry watching Logan's the uh, racist funeral? It was like I was having an out-of-body experience. My spirit left my body like, what the hell are you doing? 
And why am I rooting for Kendall again? I truly cannot trust myself with this show. I'm starting to, I don't know. I'm starting to not trust you too, Sonya. Starting to, I'm not starting to not you trust Sonya. you too. But you're better, but you're better than Chanel because she rooted for Roman. Um, <laughs> I don't regret my past. I just move forward to get better. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. I was going through. Uh, love being on this journey with you too, Sonia. Thank you. We love that you're coming with us. Yeah, we're going to get to all that this episode. So I got a lot of thoughts on the kids. Um, Chanel, do you want to read the review? Yeah. Okay. So very recently, we got some five-star review. You got to make an echo. Five-star review, review, review. review. I, you know, okay. I have a, um, I have like Sound a soundboard. Thing? No, I have like Is a soundboard, but I haven't put any new sound effects for this for this podcast. You need a boomerang sound. I'll right. add it for our next show. I'm going to reread this in case I didn't read it. May 4th, Lou Smith 434. Best session podcast. Funny, insightful, and relatable. Wow. I watched this session a second time after listening to them. Can't wait for the next show podcast. They're saying that to you, Brandon, because you catch stuff. I just talk shit. Then we got not Nimer 97. I'm going to assume that's a, like if it was Nomer with an I, Nimer. Apologies if I said it wrong. L O V E, love this. Such a mellow but eminently cool podcast with a fresh take on a fantastic show. I constantly refresh every Wednesday, eagerly awaiting a new episode. Thank you so much for the fab content. You are welcome. Um, there's literally three more. You ready? Or should I save more? Should I save some? No, read them. Alaska C. Yeah, Alaska C. Alaska Casey. Anyway, May 13th. The, oh, I had to click more because it's long. I'm so the best succession podcast so far. I'm so glad I scrolled over and found this podcast for a succession. Chanel and Brandon are podcast gold. They are fresh, original thinkers. Funny. Oh my, this is ridiculous. Cause what are y'all saying? They're they are funny, incredibly observant, and insightful. I caught on halfway through the season. I'm going back to hear their take on the earlier episodes. I'll play the stick for, stick with them when they choose their next show. Alaska Casey, CC, AC. We will be watching Righteous Gemstones next, among other things, probably. Please, it's a different feeling, but uh, a different universe, but will bring the same content. Um, it will become less and less insightful, but hope you enjoy it. You know what Thank I have someone made. asked us to review? Have you heard oh, of the show Jerry Duty? No, I haven't watched it, but someone That's told me. I, oh, I cried. Someone That's told me end. I should review it. We should review it. I cried. I'm telling you right now. First of all, I cried at the last episode. It was so sweet. Second of all, there's a scene in episode five that James Marsden. I was like, James Marsden is has such a sense of humor because he does this scene with them where I'm like, I cannot believe he let he's a part of this. Um, like he does not take himself seriously. And then three, um, the the unknowing star of it. Um, Ronald, I definitely DM'd him and be like, you are a joy and a, a love, and I, I love you so much. So, <laughs> yes, I would love to do, like, a special episode. He's the man. I, like, I messaged him the Friday it first came out, like, before your DMs blow up, I want you to know I love you, because he's so... They really, literally found the nicest man in LA, so please watch it. You will... It's like a feel-good show, but also so fucking funny. Um, so, yeah, maybe we'll do... Maybe we'll do some bonus episodes. Um, Monkey Maze, May 19th, says... Excellent analysis. I appreciate the perspective these hosts come at with come at with this show. You know what? That's okay. Very smart and entertaining. No, the, the word is missing. First of all, don't do me. I just was trying to figure out which way he meant it. 
and monkey makes probably it's probably because i mean it's monkeys typing if i should give them more grace very smart entertaining thank you for all your hard work thank you so much for that i might have messed it up whatever katie c says last one five star review so sorry i didn't find this plot before it's okay we forgive you uh love your views on the show i see this as richard the third with kendall on a throne of ashes roman loses it in the next episode i think oh this was she called it she called it right before he sounds insane and too many of his fingerprints on some shifty things jess was on her phone after her combo with greg hmm katie you're on to something you're on to something girl because i think that we see roman fucked it and then he fucked it again roman with his little micro penis um whatever they said on that that on um, deep fake with roman or, or with logan yeah roman fucked it so uh, friends, thank you so much for the reviews, for the amazing comments, for the ratings. We are now at 4.7 out of 5. Um, it matters to us, so please keep giving us those comments. And if something is wrong, just, just email us. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to tell everybody. And if something's right, definitely tell everybody. So thank you guys so much. We appreciate the love and taking the time to comment. It means a lot. Yes, it warmed my heart to hear those things. I can't even lie. Uh, I appreciate it so much. All right. Yeah. Let's get in the church actually, and state. It makes me oh, show up when Brandon sends me the link. I'm like, all right, we got to do this. We got fans. Yeah. If y'all only knew the, str- the struggle I have with Chanel. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm the worst. Um, what'd you think of this episode? Um, it's an episode. I think I have to rewatch the whole series to really understand how deep that was. Um, yeah. I think that every character was so true in this episode, which is weird because they were in a brand new environment. But I feel like somebody somewhere predicted everything that would happen in this scene some kind of way, if that makes sense. And it was so interesting having like the president elect there, um, not having the other candidate there. It was interesting. Um, Like, you know, we probably could have called it with Roman, but like that juxtaposition was crazy. Like, literally on top of the world as they say and then at the end just like kind of going regressing back to childhood um definitely don't i saw your tweet about like people feeling bad for him definitely don't feel bad for him but it is important to remember that the reasons why people do the things they do is usually trauma right um and then yeah just like it was a very and then like just listening to how they directed it and uh, how they had to switch up the camera their camera set up to make sure they didn't miss things and this big giant like cathedral that they filmed in was um mm-hmm. super interesting and the last thing the last thought is like bro so they are filming it day by day which means i mean they are shooting like they are showing this episode this season's day by day so what that means to me is they've had a crazy fucking week <laughs> like think about the week these kids have yes had, bro like it's a lot yeah that's why Thomas Shiv Shiv last episode when she pulled Tom aside and Tom this week when she pulled Shiv aside, they're basically like, bruh, like we've been through the fucking ringer in the last few days. Like, it's like, can we get each other some grace, essentially? Uh in some in some way. Uh so no, yeah, I really enjoyed this tired. episode. <laughs> I really enjoyed this episode. It is bringing it home. I you know how many times you watch a TV show and they'll say I hope they can land a plane. I have zero doubts that they land this plane. Zero. There, if it was, if it could be something less than zero, 
absolute zero than I have that they're going to land this plane. I know they're going to land this plane. I can't wait to see how they land this plane. This episode was like an hour and 15 minutes, by the way. So I'm interested to see. They they went straight to the uh, theme song. So they didn't even have like a preamble. Uh, so I'm interested to see if they go like 90 minutes next week because um, you might need 90 minutes to tie up all the loose ends. But I'm really looking forward to what's going on. But I have a lot of thoughts for this episode. So let's go ahead and get started. So I, I've made a note to myself. They went straight to the theme song. So I knew this episode was going to be fire. Um, and so the kids are getting ready for the funeral. I said, I was like, yeah, why is Shiv watching? Shiv is like, Shiv is the most frustrating character to me because I think she's like, she's both the most conniving person and the most genuine person at the same time. Um, like Kendall was mostly genuine. He's just like fucked up. And Roman is mostly genuine, but he's mostly fucked up in another way. Shiv, like, she the things that she says, I think she actually believes them. But she doesn't believe them with, like, any type of conviction at all. It's just like, I support this thing. Like, I'm okay with this thing. But she doesn't, like, actually support it. And I, because I said that, I was like, why is Shiv watching ATN? Like, wouldn't she want to watch Pierce? Like, she knows what the fuck happened. Wouldn't she want to, like, keep track of, like, what the other news stations are, at least whatever? But no, she's watching ATN, and they're reporting that the Jimenez supporters are protesting uh, all over the city, all over the country, including outside of ATN headquarters. Um, yeah, by the to- way, um, before you, before you move on, I think you have a good point. Like, somebody should make a graphic of, like, a two-by-two two of, like, most genuine, most fucked up, and plot all the succession characters because I think that what you just said really named it and nailed it. Um, and then secondly, I think it goes back to that scene during election night when you know Shiv was like, it does affect people, but she's mostly saying that like theoretically, like she learned one day that it affects people, but that, but truly, her she doesn't see regular people either the way neither one of the other two, the other two do. So maybe it's like the pressure of being a woman or whatever where she like actually has thought about those things um so yeah i thought it was a i I didn't even notice or think about what she was watching but um i do think it's an interesting flip to give us like a stop the steal and like a stolen election narrative but um not to make it exactly what we saw in 2020 and to give well 2024 what was it 2020 oh my god well it's the reverse no it's the right exactly they're exactly. saying no, it's a saying. stolen election because it was actually stolen. <laughs> right. You know, well, no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're giving us something that's, like, triggering, and then they're making it different enough where you're like, oh, okay, let me go into this reality and see what happens. Because the truth is, yeah, they did. people did go out and protest for Hillary when she won the popular vote, and they still got it with the electoral. So, um, anyway, I'm, I'm just glad it's not us reliving 2020. Roman is going through his speech at his crib and i was like yo this is great like this is just great uh cinemata like settings like they sets they basically just had roman up in the sky while the ground is burning right so he's like in this super high rise like 50 floors up where you don't see anything but like the clouds and the tallest buildings in the world and he's just like so far removed from everything going on he has atn on they're talking about how the protesters are getting kind of rowdy and people are getting upset. And he's just kind of like laughing at it. Just like could not be bothered at all because he's so far removed from 
the the ills of the world. Um, and he's going over a speech, uh, and he's hyping himself up, and he's acting like he's all big and cool, and like he's ready, and, and I'm just going to be a big day for me, and I'm going to get this speech, and I'm going to nail it, and I'm going to say all this bullshit about my dad that's not true, about how he's such a great guy, and, and he's going through this whole speech. And even at this point, I was like, I didn't know, I didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but I knew it wasn't going to go like this. I knew it wasn't going to go like it was. He was going over it in this in his crib. Yeah, I mean, they give us these moments where you just might as well not try to play in or not try to like guess, right? Because when Kendall nailed it on Living Plus, which by the way we have like it's over, Living Plus has happened, it's a blip. But when Kendall nailed it, it was like, oh, we could have seen that coming, but nobody like saw it. Like it wasn't prescriptive. And same thing with Roman. Like I was like, oh, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But there's no way that even if he does do it, it translates into him being triumphant in episode 10. So I kind of knew that, but I wasn't I wasn't trying to anticipate it at this point. Ken calls Roman uh, and asks Roman, like, hey, dog. Do you think you could get making the turn down the rhetoric a little bit? Like shit's about to be on fire. And Roma's like, why? Are you, what, are you, what are you mad about? Like, this, this, I think I had a quote. He said, uh, let me go down my quote session. Discord makes my dick hard. <laughs> so he's talking about the, you know, social discord. And this is just how people express themselves. This is good. And I'm like, dog, you don't, you still don't see how fucked up this is, but he'll see later. He will see later. Um, then Robert calls Ken and Ken's like, oh yeah, you know, uh, you know, I have my car. I'll have Ben Grant come pick you up, but I'm about to go. I'm going to ride in with the Sibs because that's what we had to do. And Robert's like, dog, do you see outside? Like, I'm concerned. Now, part of this was like rich person concerned because she, she, I mean, she's rich. She probably lives in a building where nothing's ever going to happen. So she's just, and she was going to go to a, a funeral where absolutely nothing was going to happen. They, the cops were not going to let some shit fuck up Logan Roy's funeral. And, but she's like, I'm scared. I need to go. We need to go. But the other part of me was like, she sees what's going on outside. Her daughter's probably scared for some shit. So she kind of wants to go. And so this scene was really interesting to me because Ken was clearly triggered and he was like, where are you at? And then he hangs up the phone on her while she's in the middle of her conversation and tells Vingret to meet her to get to Rava's in three minutes. He says, I don't care about any fines or any road signs. I'll take care of all that later. And then he goes yeah. over there. Then, um, does he think so? Does he genuinely think she's trying to do a custody steal? Well, no, he's well, he's he's already emotional a little bit at his dad's funeral. And I think he just got triggered at like his kids aren't going to be at his grandfather's funeral. <laughs> and he's just like, what are you like? You're not taking your kids, my kids to their grandfather's funeral. Like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, no, she's wild for that because if there's anywhere that's the most secure place in New York city today, it's this rich man's funeral where the fucking <laughs> president elect is going to be. Yeah. Shiv, uh, Shiv talks to Madsen. And she basically tells Madison what she said um, at the end of the last episode that we need to get those numbers out. Um, and Madison was like... What do you like, think about that strategy, by the way? Do you think it's genius? I do think it's a good strategy. I got to give Shiv credit for that. It's basically like it can't be a bombshell if it's already out, right? So like, if we get it out in front of it and then we can comment on it, then Ken and Roman can't use that as like an excuse to back out 
if the world is not reacting to it. And she figured the Fair. world would not re- and she figured it's even more smart because she knew when ATN called it for Mankin that that's going to dominate the news story. So I can throw anything else out there and this is going to flow under and then people forget about it by the time this shit with Mankin and the election is over. So it was just like throwing it under that and so nobody mm-hmm. pays attention to it. Yeah, but two two risk factors she's not really acknowledging. One is that... um. The fact that Mattson keeps going back and forth with Oscar and like saying, oh, maybe we don't release it means that even if she does go down this road with him and is a CEO pick and all that shit, like she's setting herself up for ideological failure because they're going to clash. Like his values and her values are very much not aligned. And obviously that's not how she's thinking right now. But it's like, I I, I don't know how, like it, it almost feels like she's going to be CEO in name only because he's still this guy i don't know i just don't see it being like everything she wants it to be um and the second thing is like with roman you know like they're blaming blaming tom which by the way tom is mad because he's not getting enough blame anymore but it's like how we know that you're like how does she know that her name won't be attached to this one day like i just feel like she is putting herself out there in a way that makes sense for her and the position in that she's in but it's also like very risky because um now she's kind of tied in and attached to these numbers and who's to say that it doesn't blow up in her face. I just feel, I mean, obviously we won't see that. We won't see all that next episode, but just thinking about like, if this was a real person, she's really like going forward at this point. Well, I have thoughts on that and we'll get to it when we get to that part. Um, <laughs> the funny line was, Madsen's like, yeah, this shit is wild. Look at all this shit going down. And Shiv's like, yeah, making is like against core parts of our democracy. And Madsen's like, Y'all been a democracy for like 50 years, dog. And Shiv's like, Shiv's immediate reaction is like typical, like even like liberal, white liberal. It's like, what? What do you mean? We're supposed to be a democracy. And then (laughs) Madison was like, you know, unless you don't count black people, which is something that you haven't had. Yeah, I mean, he's not. Shiv was like, yeah, Shiv said, well, good point, but. <laughs> that shit was so funny. Um, I, I mean, died I laughing. Think, yeah, they slip. They slip in like one or two real opinions. I feel like in this show, um, and that, that was one where I've never even thought to describe it like that. But the truth is that it was not a real, a true democracy until it, it's not. It's never a true democracy until every citizen can vote. And I think that is like that's the gag right there, right? Yeah, we didn't have democracy to the voting rights act. Like, or, like we didn't. <laughs> it it, it yeah, was a it was facsimile called, of a democracy, yeah, but it wasn't a democracy. really. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then we get the scene with Ken and Rava, which I'm going to play because I thought this was fascinating. What are you doing? Okay, okay, what do you think you're doing? Ken, Ken. What the what fuck is going on? We are just getting out of town. You're getting well. That's hysterical yes. bullshit. Okay, Ken, you're not. You're not bringing the kids to their grandfather's funeral. Are you insane? I don't consider it safe. You're. You're. That's a wild statement. There, like, I don't. I don't like. You know. Ken, I mean, Ken is not being violent towards her. He's just angry. But like, I understand his anger here in a way. Like, I get it. Like, your dad just died. You're going to your dad's funeral. Your wife tells you. Your ex-wife yeah. tells you. It's not safe 
in the safest place in the world. <laughs> She's basically right. saying, well, I, I just think... don't want to go and I don't want my kids to come. Right. <laughs> well, I think where Kendall is wrong too is that Kendall does not whatsoever communicate well with her. So he's always no. like reacting to her as if they just talked 10 minutes ago and she didn't mention this big thing versus like they don't talk and when he does talk to her it's only because she's letting him know hey there's a big thing you know and I think um that is frustrating and I'm sure like you know this show from Robert's perspective is a whole different level of like insight yeah you know? you're too online okay, okay. you've lost <laughs> yo that's such a great line you're too online <laughs> <laughs> that's so great <laughs> context everything is fine nothing is fine you said things would be okay. You said that Daniel would win. Our daughter is oh, not fine. Go. Nothing is you fine. Can't you go. don't get out of my way. Ken, you do not fuck it. with me today. Ken. Do not fuck with me today. Bruh, that's not supposed to be funny, but I died laughing at his face Why? when he's like pointing at him. Oh, do not fuck oh, yeah, with me today. I was weird. in tears watching this. But I will we'll get to it later on the show. But the funniest one the fun the funny. One of the funniest scenes in the history of the show is in this episode. I rewound it like at least eight times because I could not stop laughing at it, but we'll get to that later. We need to stop. We need to calm down. Ken. Hey, guys. Soph, open up. Why does he only say Soph? Where's Iverson? Is Iverson not inside? It's okay. And that's, and that's true. That's a good question. Stop this. You've got to stop. You've got to stop. I do not consider it safe. It's okay. bullshit. Pretext. You're trying to hurt me. It's my fucking father's funeral. I'm really sorry. Okay, but we are gonna go, and there will be a memorial. He didn't and want a memorial. He didn't want a memorial. I'm gonna go to court to get an emergency court order to stop you leaving the city. <laughs> I mean, immediately becomes litigious, like out of nowhere litigious. That's like that's such a ridiculous thing to say. That's like someone who doesn't understand how anything works. I'm going to get I mean, an immediate court order to stop you from leaving the city. But who's to say he can't? This is literally, this man's so powerful. Like, it's insane. Um, I just want to say that there's a real, there's a test. And I hate to say this about, like, it, it's it's tough to shine a light on dysfunction. But a lot of kids, when they have a non-custodial parent who's always busy, like, they jump at the chance to betray the parent that takes care of them every single day it's like mm -hmm. if that parent shows up and wants to show love they're like out of the house dressed ready to roll just to get that little bit of time with the parent and it's just like a psychological fact of like you know it's not it's yeah. not at all about the custodial parent the fact that them kids wouldn't even roll the window down like you know they're very tired of their dad's bullshit they're not like crying saying mommy don't take us they're like yeah let's get the fuck up out of here so i think that shows how he really is like this he really is disconnected and even the kids don't we i mean we don't see them obviously but there seems to be very little bit of co conflicted from them or they're at the point where they've given up and they don't even call their dad to tell him stuff so uh it's just sad that's what i'm gonna do okay go do that okay I'm going to block your car. Jesus. I'm going to lie in front of your fucking car. Okay, you're going to have to run me over if you want to go. He doesn't do it. He did it. No, of course he do? doesn't do it. He's clearly fucked up. So then we go to AT&T headquarters, and Greg and Tom 
are reading the article called Behind the Controversial Call of the ATN, where it has like this all the key players. And I'm looking at the Shiv is on here, by the way, uh, Chanel. So it's Roman Roy, Shiv Roy, Kendall Roy, Connor Roy. Connor's on there somehow. Love. Darwin, uh, Tom Wamsgans, Pam is on the list. They have like a, a diagram of like the time Pam? frames. Pam was the woman that Tom kept talking to. Uh, oh, and then yeah, there's yeah. then there's like these anchors is on the list, and they have like a um they have like a diagram of like the time time uh, stamps of when everything was happening. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. someone clearly leaked this shit to the newspaper about what the fuck was going on at ATN, and I personally think it was Jess based on what I happened put that together until now. But a hundred percent, I think it was Jess. Um, it, I mean, it's the only person who like who actually meant it when they said that they were concerned. Like everybody else was like, "Oh, I guess," but they truly don't give a fuck. She's the only person who like outside of, you know, I mean, all black all black professionals know this, right? Somebody catch you outside of your office, they don't care that you have a suit on, right? Like you're not protected from any of this nonsense the way that these the white folks can be. So yeah, she, I, I bet on her to be the whistleblower. And by the way, the Roy's all have like this big blurb about them, like this big section. And Tom is like in a square with Pam and there's like nothing under it. And so Tom says to Greg, like, I'm not even getting credit for this. I'm just a little small, little small section here. I'm the one that made the call. And Greg's he like, did. well, I made but the he call. And he, Greg goes, am I in there? And I don't see Greg on the picture. So I don't know if Greg's in there. Well, or not. Greg, And it's funny because Greg, because remember how he like sent Greg to call like yeah. tom was two seconds behind greg but greg gave the initial call and then tom came to notice and say yeah as if tom couldn't do it himself so it really was a la- like layer upon layer of nonsense so then uh greg wants to go to the funeral and because he you know he wants he says he, he missed logan or whatever and tom tells him to hey make sure you talk to mankin and tell him i made the call <laughs> when you <she laughs> see him I mean, Tom is always thinking ahead. He is the thirstiest person on the show. I don't Tom? think that's a denial. Yes. I feel like it's Greg by an inch. Yeah, Greg, Greg is kind of thirsty too. Because Greg is like, I'm going to talk to Minkin, ask Roman for a connection. Gre- like, Tom actually does run ATN. What can what conversation does Greg want to have about him besides when's the neo-nazi rally like i just feel like you gotta be careful that to remember that greg does not greg has a made-up position bro uh so then we get the sibs ride to the funeral and i got this scene because roman was absolutely unbearable here oh yeah Is he going to come today, Mankin? Is Matson? Mm, doesn't know when he's beat. You should be pleased. Mankin wins, blocks the deal, we stay in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. Well, the idea is family, so. Mm-hmm. Big picture, yeah. Yep. I don't have that type of ambition. Because even in that point, 
in a normal world, Shiv might have been like sad that she wasn't in there, but she wouldn't be like, let's fuck my family <laughs> because I want to be in power. <laughs> that is such wait, a wild wait, I, position to take. Wait, what position? Roman's saying. Roman and Ken are basically saying, we don't want to sell dad's company. We want to keep it in the fucking family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Shiv's is like, yeah, but y'all are going to be in charge. So oh, right, I, right. I could care less if oh, it's yeah, not it's in the petty. family. It's petty, yeah. <laughs> It's such a, especially when you're already rich, it's such a wild position right, right, right. to take. It's just a great fucking day. You okay? Yeah. Yeah, good. I don't know. Um, Rob is taking the kids out of the city. She's concerned, so. Well, that's dumb and shitty i'm sorry Ken. <laughs> that's such a contrast roman cannot help himself even with i that. agree i agree and he that's gets only worse hear. but when i complain about something literally say to me immediately that's dumb and shitty i'd be like yeah, i know right that's all i need to hear yeah well it's fine it is what it is right Look at him talking all quiet like he didn't just go here and all his Caribbean air clear. <laughs> oh, mom just suddenly wants to mom now. Yeah, I'm a hard no. I have a, we'll get to it a little bit later, but I guess my hot take for this episode is Caroline is worse than Logan. Oh, she's the she's when I awful. Tell you she's the worst, bro. She's the worst. I, at least he he showed up to to cuss him out. She's the fucking worst. God damn. I mean, he like went she, to the karaoke spot, you know. Yeah, she's she is. Then I started to realize, like, yo, know, she is uh, she is bad. I don't know. She's horrible. But okay, here we go. I should tell you because I'm telling mom today, probably. So I've wanted to say for a while I'm actually I'm pregnant. It's such a wild way to tell your brother, your siblings that you're pregnant. Definitely. <laughs> that is so wild. There you go. Is it mine? <clears throat> yeah. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that made me laugh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but that's a return to season one. Like them joking like that. I'm sorry. On the way to your father's fucking funeral after all Which the is, shit she's been through, is it? Mine? Oh, if, if that's not when you go crazy and make the most inappropriate jokes, then I don't know. Then we never been the same funerals because that's when I'm like really at my worst. Is when I like really want to cry. Or am I silliest, I guess you should say. Fuck, worship. Wow. Wow. And, and, um. Yeah, it's Tom's. <laughs> They're basically like, uh, Shiv, you <laughs> fucked the phone book. So who, who is it? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Not- Good. She's got to be so frustrated. <laughs> Roman is making sexual jokes. Kendall's like, is it your husband's? <laughs> is it your husband's baby? Fuck. 
fuck's sake. Uh, wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, you're having a wom's gland. I thought you'd just been eating your feelings. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to stop with the joke things. I'm also, like, if I see you breastfeeding, I am going to have to jerk off. Jesus fucking Christ, I, I man. I mean that because it will be hot. <laughs> Do you love it? No. Should we bone again? No. Kid number two? Guys, can, can... Should we bone again? Kid number two. <laughs> What's wrong with him? It's something wrong with him. But that's why the scene later on... That's why I had no fucking compassion for Roman at all. Because if anyone else did what Roman did later on, he would be the main one talking shit, laughing, making fun of him. It wouldn't matter if it was Kendall or Shiv. He would be right there being an asshole to them. So fuck Roman. Uh, But yeah, I thought that scene was great. Excuse me. So then Jess calls Ken and tells him that there's like a demonstration going on. Some of the streets are blocked off. I'm going to give you this ping with new directions so you can get here uh, faster so you don't have to deal with all the bullshit. Uh, while she's saying that, protesters run up and start smacking on the car and they look terrified like something terrible is about to happen. Um, they Ken, they get to the, they meet Jess, Ken gets out the car. Immediately Ken is like, Jess, next week I want to get I want to get some family lawyers, yeah? Custody. I want I want to talk custody. So this nigga Ken, after, I, mean, I guess this is two arguments he had with Rava. Last week, he talked to her about uh, what happened with uh, Sophie and the Ravenhead supporter. And then this time, uh, he's frustrated with her not coming to the funeral. And so immediately his go-to is, I want custody. I want the kids. I don't know, Chanel. I don't think Kendall being a single father is the good look. I don't think he's capable. I mean, I saw some. I saw somebody on Twitter who said, I mean, Black Twitter said it right. Like, you don't even see them damn kids. So how you want cut? And, you know, it's like you're just passing custody off to another professional. Like, you're not passing custody off to go home and be a stay-at-home dad or even be, like, an active parent. So I think that just shows, like, the level of... I mean, he could just be in his feelings. Like, that's completely valid. But, like, in terms of, it, like, a reason why he's acting crazy. But it also is like, bro, be crazy about something that makes more sense. Because... Obviously, if I'm a if I'm a bad dad, right, or unpresent father, and I could be present and I live in the same city, I'm just not, right? And I messed up the marriage or whatever I did, and my parent who wasn't there enough for me dies, like it's just like he has these moments of reflection where he feels sad and I'm morose and bad about himself, but he does not ever do anything about it that actually makes the world a better place. Um like he I mean, you know, again, he killed somebody. I don't think we talk about that enough. Um, (laughs) Like, we're talking about these kids, right? And he, like, didn't set up a memorial fund, or he didn't, like, try to end drug driving, or, do like, he didn't do anything to to ease himself of guilt. He's not working any 12-step programs anywhere. He's just kind of, like, out here floating being an asshole. So it's just interesting because, um, yeah, he's a nightmare. He's a nightmare. He's a nightmare. Like, I could not imagine dealing with him especially when you're the one dealing with the kids crying homework 
like them crying about the dad, and then you still got to deal with him yelling at you. Like I would have been this assholes like I want the kids. <laughs> I would have been took him. I'm talking about I'm talking about court court, and everything would have been recorded. He would not see me without a mic on me. I'm talking about FBI tape to the bra. Like I'm getting you. I'm getting you're getting the judge is gonna know how you really are. So then Ken's like, let's do it next Thursday, and then he goes, what's this meeting with Jess next Thursday? And Jess is trying to be like a compassionate human. And so she's like, eh, we don't have to talk about it today. Let's talk about that. You know, whenever we can reschedule it. No worries. And he goes, okay. Then he just stops because Ken can't help himself. But, but right. what is it about? And Jess says, well, basically, you know, you've given me a lot. You supported me in everything I've done in my career. And gave me more responsibility and made me better. And I think it's time for me to grow a little bit more and spread my wings and move on. And Ken's like, yeah, yeah, well, I think that's good. But yeah, really. <laughs> Five, four, <laughs> three. And then turns around and goes to fuck up her. And then he, you know, then he says, then he keeps walking and he goes, Can I ask why? And she goes, uh, and then before she can really answer, he goes, because Ken does have some emotional intelligence, a, a little bit. So before she can answer, Ken goes, is it Mankin? Because I think in his mind, he kind of went, this is me projecting, but I think in his mind, he kind of went, black woman, we just made the Nazi president, maybe that pissed her off. But like he can't fully grasp it, so she doesn't. And she doesn't answer. She just kind of looks at him, which is basically like, "Yes, it's the making shit." And and then Ken goes, then Ken, that's when Ken goes off, and then he starts to go like, "I gave you access. You're not gonna get access anywhere else like this. You're not gonna have access to anything and anywhere that's else." All like that matters, this. bro. That's and the funniest line, the funniest line, he goes, "Just." This is so juvenile. <laughs> I promise you, I die. <laughs> Can you imagine Ken Roy telling somebody something's juvenile? Right, right, right. Well, I think on the on some level, though, he's just saying like, I can't be that bad. I can't be that bad that you don't want to be connected to like the most the most like the most important news organization like the, like there's no way that you don't just want to slowly but surely start working for fox news because look at how much money we make you know that's basically what he's saying and she's like nigga i still i haven't even looked at myself in the morning in the because like, if the you movie, remember you know i could be wrong i need to go back and watch and and listeners correct me if i'm wrong but i think didn't just come on with kendall after the press conference or around the time of the press conference when he turned on Logan, like that's when I re that's when I recall just yes, being a more yeah. prominent she, character. She, yeah, she probably wait because rem exactly because remember when um they they had the the dinner in Italy and he was trying to get um he was trying to walk away. He said he wanted Jess and he wanted the driver, so he like they clearly she was his she was his right hand. And also by the way, I just I just have to I have two things I have to say. One is. She's the one he called when his dad was dying and said, listen. <laughs> Sorry. <hold on. laughs> that nigga said, stop what you're doing. Go find the most, the, the world's foremost 
cardiac surgeon <laughs> find the world for <laughs> go get dr fauci bring him to me right now this moment and then five minutes like and probably didn't answer any more calls from her probably had her stressed getting out of bed going to figure that out her dad was already dead like bro really has been and on a plane it. nowhere where the doctor could even get to right, exactly just like call those people and have them waiting and waste their time right and so it, it's just like she doesn't there's assisting there's like being high part of new york and then there's like self-care and, and then the, like and the four desire. episodes ago they're in norway and in the middle of the night he tells her to find a 4k tv and projector right and a surround sound system and play this movie for people in like and six she hours and <laughs> she, she does, does it and she does. so she was clearly getting her job um, can, I, can i tell you something though pause it's related i literally yeah. just got an email from alaska c alaska casey and I just wanted to share this before I forget. I literally just opened this. Oh, I was like, okay. Who the, f-? the email says, you probably caught this already. I didn't. The actress playing Caroline's Carrie. That's Carrie, right? No. Oh, no, Caroline's the other their mama. Later, later. No, no, no. Okay. So Caroline, you know how Caroline later said. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah we're, I got that you scene know, too. Her in real life, that's Brian Cox's wife. Oh, really? That's dope. Yeah, we did not know that. Thank you, Cindy. We love you, too, and appreciate you. She said, wanted to make sure you had this bit. You literally could not have been more in wavelength with us because we are recording as you emailed this. Okay, keep going. Uh, So then uh, they get to the funeral. Hugo runs up to Kendall and says, Madison's numbers in Southeast Asia are completely fucked uh, and they're bullshit. And Ken's like, why are you telling me this right now? <laughs> and so then we get to Basically, I don't know what you call it, but the pre-funeral. Connor's talking to Shiv, and he's basically like, I want to give the speech. And Shiv's like, uh, this shit is long, and it'll probably open us up to lawsuits, <laughs> litigation. What was in the speech, bro? Yes. What do you think he was talking about? I have no idea what Connor was trying to say, but it was probably some nonsense. I would pay uh, money for that, Roman Roman's talking to Ken. He's like, "Who are you gonna hit up?" Roman's trying to act so cool, you know. I just nothing's nothing's phasing me. I pre grieved. I'm ready to go. Uh, and he's like, "Listen, we need to hit people up because even though we got making gonna crush the deal for us, we need to rally the people around here so they can still, you know, stay behind." He said a couple of orphans. <laughs> then Marsha rolls up. Marsha rolls up. He makes Roman makes a joke about having sex with Marsha on Logan's coffin. Which is a wild, it's just a wild thing to say. Um, then they got to a random scene of Greg. Greg rented one of those bikes. I don't know if anyone's been to New York City, but they have like bikes where you can just slide your credit card, you can ride through the city, and they have them in a lot of cities. But mm-hmm. dude, Greg rents one of those bikes, and apparently he's biking from ATN to the funeral in the bike lane, which is just a fantastic scene that they added in here. They didn't, they did not have to add that scene, but it's hilarious. And that's why you'll be even more hype when he ascends to the crown next week. He's not. <laughs> then uh, every, everyone is here. Everyone in the show is here, essentially. So like almost every major character that we've seen since the start of the show is here at this funeral. Um, then uh, Roman tries to make a play with Frank. And Frank sees right through this bullshit. And Frank's like, uh-huh. He's like... Tell me why the fuck you're really here. <laughs> when Jerome was trying to make small talk about Logan. And he says, Listen, Kendall may not have the stomach for this shit. And if he doesn't, 
I'm gathering a team, and I think I, you should be on the team. And Frank basically goes, uh-huh. And just walk, he's, just, he's like, good talk. Because Frank already had this conversation with Kendall, and Frank clearly, from, we know from the, before, when Kendall tried to make the play on Logan, that Frank is on Logan's, I mean, Frank's on Kendall's side in these types of things. He's not really on the kid's side, but if you had to choose a kid, it would be uh, Kendall. Then right. Mankin shows up, the president-elect shows up, um, and Greg runs up on Roman and says, hey, I'm part of the electing, co- the decision committee. Can I get an intro? And Roman, Greg's like, listen, I need you to be on you and duty. And then, of course, because Greg's always negotiating, if I do that, will you give me an intro to Mankin? And Roman just basically blows him off and says, yeah. He says, make sure Roman, you and doesn't say shit. Uh, but one thing is, he's gonna get that intro. Uh, they cut to Jerry with the sea sweeters, and uh, he's she asks them, "So are y'all mad that he's gone?" And they try to give a bullshit answer. And Jerry goes, "Carl, you have Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> Logan was awful. <laughs> Jerry is is tired of the shit at this point. Yeah, but it's only because like she had, she has a weird type of closure in that." He was an asshole to her like the day that he died. So she had already been upset, went through the motions, felt some type of way before finding out he passed. So it's like she can carry through those emotions and not have like the weird, like remorseful, like someone died and now I have to treat them like they're an angel kind of thing. Like she can, she literally righteously had an anger for him and he was about to betray her. So I feel like she's the only one able to speak honestly because she's like, bro. And especially at this point where she already has her lawyer signed up and she's getting a nice, nice, nice package from them. She's like, fuck y'all. I can say what I want to say. Um, also, by the way, I just realized this before we move on. Um, when they were in the car, this is what I think the episode title should be. They were in the car and they said funeral truths. And they were like, let's just stop fucking around with each other. The siblings did. But then also what Greg just said was he said, he said, since I'm amongst the crown committee, that's what he said about like the crown committee. He just be saying shit. But yes, um, that uh, Jerry is the only voice of reason. Uh, And then Caroline shows up, who is such a fantastically horrible character. Like I, she steals the scenes for me this episode. Because she's so like her facial expressions that she makes it everyone just you tells know, so many stories. That. She rolls up on Shiv and immediately knows Shiv's pregnant. Immediately, but cannot bring herself to say congratulations or I'm happy to see it. She's just like, huh, huh, yeah. ooh, look, something interesting about you. And then Shiv goes, so no, uh, no, no, thank you. And then she goes, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, sure, thank you. And it's just so fucked up. Um, and she's like, why didn't you tell me? And Shiv says, I got to be careful. The info I give, you know, I never know if you're going to use it against me. Like back at what happened in um, yeah, season three. Her. And then Peter Munyan shows up, who's also another uh, another comedy character that who's is Peter always. Munyan? It's Caroline's oh, the husband, new husband. The husband. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he comes up and he says, he's. He comes up and he says, Daddy's here <laughs> to the kids. Why? Why? At, the, so, at their actual father's funeral. It's so fucked up. Uh, Shiv goes to talk to Madsen. Uh, Madsen goes, hey, if the Nazi wins, will that be bad for a tall, blonde, white guy? 
And so Shiv pitches a plan to Madsen to offer a US CEO and that that'll get Macon on board because he's a nationalist and xenophobe and he doesn't want anybody outside the country doing shit. And um, I mean, it also like, is Who? like America's most a very powerful American news media organization. So I think that's a good uh, a good ploy, but also it makes me wonder if I I don't even know who owns most American media companies. So yeah, so then, they might they might all be German. So then, uh, Shiv makes a pitch that she should be the American CEO, Shiv Roy, and I said Shiv is the master of putting down a jack and acting like it's an ace. Like, that's all she does. Like, she always overplays her hand. And I don't know. She's so far, it doesn't like she's overplayed it. But I think it will come to come to. Uh, well, I thought she had messed up before when she like casually asked for it at the party, but didn't get what she wanted and didn't drive a good bargain. Um, but the fact that this brain game brought up, like, I, I mean, I think by the end, we she gets what she thinks is success, but. Once again, no one here should be trusting anyone. And that's all I'll say. Yeah. And also, like, I think Madsen uh, was, well, we'll see it later, but Madsen was kind of uh, happy that the numbers, like when they released the numbers that it was playing well, and Ebba and, and Oscar was like, yeah, it's done. It's been good. It's been good. Uh, and so then we get this unbelievable scene with Caroline, Carrie, and Marsha that like I thought the scene was both funny and also just incredible. Kerry, okay. it is Kerry, isn't it? Yeah. Not Kerry, yeah. Um, why don't you come and sit with us? Um, yeah, uh, yeah are you, you're, you're sure that's okay? Absolutely. Who, who is this? Oh, um, this is my brother and uh, uh, my friend. Uh, sorry, just going to steal her away. She'll be safe with me. Uh, my my friend, um, who's a, a who's a lawyer, so I thought that there might be an issue in terms of entry or something. Sweet. Poor girl, she's so traumatized. Are you all right? Yeah. Come on. Sally, Caroline. Hello. Hello. This is Kerry. Sorry, Hi, Kerry. Hi. Come and meet Marsha. Yes. Marsha. This is Sally Ann. Hello, Marsha. Hello. Sally Ann was my Kerry, so to speak. So it's all water under the bridge now. Yeah. Should we go pile in? Iconic behavior, I have to say. The first, the wait, hold on. First of all, I worry that that when she said, um, so that's the one who's his wife, the one she just said is my kid. But I was, I thought that was going to be Connor's mom. And that's when I realized she's nowhere to be found. I think she passed. I think they said oh, in the I, episode, and that was after wait, Loki got her sense. committed. Right, that's why I'm like, I'm like, is she still in the institution? But um, poor thing, she's a real MVP. God, Logan would hate this. At least he won't grind his teeth tonight. <laughs> Harry starts to cry, and Marcia grabs her hand. 
and they kind of nodded each other. I don't know what the hell. Marsh I don't know so what to think of this bro. scene. Marsha, but I, I don't think Marsha's being fake. I think Marsha was basically like, because Carrie's crying. So first question is like, I think Carrie actually did care about Logan. Like, oh, absolutely. I think she's one of the like she, she's been like and fucked up over this since the first time that it happened. And initially, I thought it was that like she didn't know what you know what was going to happen to her and her position in life, which I think was a part of it. But I think she actually cared about this dude, and I think Marsha did too to an extent. But Marsha is just more hardened, so she can just like kind of see what it was. But Caroline, I didn't know if she was doing a nice thing for Carrie. I, I think it ended up being a nice thing for Carrie. But I don't know if she was trying to be an asshole. Like I wasn't sure what was going on with this scene. But I was very yeah, I mean, intrigued. What how I read it for Caroline is she's like Logan in life and in death, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick it to Logan in like a very British kind of way. Um, so it definitely felt like it there I don't think there was any maliciousness in it. I think it was like if he was here, he would be so mad, but it's it's something I would do if he was here. And since he's not here, it's like my way of honoring him as his ex-wife who has this like very complicated relationship with him, um, but ultimately a beneficial and like a probably a jovial one at the end of the day. And the fact that she's able to she's the second wife, but like the first wife of this group and the fact that she's able to say look y'all it's just she's just saying like let's move on like we all love this man as fucked up as he was he impacted us he made most of us pretty rich he ruined some of our lives and let's just all be there's no one else in this place that can understand how we feel right now even the kids Uh, have a different perspective i i agree with that then tom tells greg he can't make it there's fires in baltimore And Greg acts, and Tom's like, I'm supposed to be a wheel man. So Greg takes that as Tom telling him he could have it. So he goes up to Shiv, and he's like, Tom's not going to make it. But, you know, he was supposed to carry the casket. I'm willing to jump in. And Carolina immediately is like, oh, Peter can Peter can jump in. And Shiv, because she hates her mom and she hates Peter, she sides with Greg. She goes, no, yes, to Greg. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I mean, but also, up like Greg, Greg is Hirsch. actually blood as well, right? Like, yeah, I mean, definitely feels up, but Greg is literally blood, and it actually makes more sense. Uh, they have a live orchestra playing the funeral procession at this funeral, so this is a wild funeral. Uh, and then you and they're like, they give an introduction, and Roman's supposed to get up, and you and jumps up, and Greg tries to he- stop him. And you was like, basically, get the fuck away from me. And then they're, and they're trying, Roman's trying to tell Greg what to do. And Greg's like, what do you want me to do? Tackle his legs? <laughs> I mean, because he's like, Grandpa, Grandpa. And he's like, sit pipe down, boy. And then my favorite part, and I was like, this is literally like, if if this is what a Roy is, Ewan should be, this is what Ewan should be if he's really cut from the same cloth as he should be, right? So he's the younger brother. And he goes instead of starting. He goes, what kind of people would stop? Oh no, I got the speech. Talk about it. Okay, let's do it. I got the speech, and we can stop in different parts because I thought this speech was, I thought this was an 
a a moment that like shed some light on the Logan Roy character. Absolutely, that we could never, we would never have had in a million yeah. years if he was still alive. Good morning. What sort of people would stop a brother speaking for the sake of a share price? <laughs> By the way, his grandson and his fucking nieces and nephews is who he's referring to. Yeah. And they all look over at they look and they're pissed because they're like, I don't know what the fuck you was gonna say. <laughs> it is not for me to judge my brother. History will tell that story. I can just give you a couple of instances about him. You probably all know we came across the first time during the war for our safety. But the engines of our ship let go and the rest of the convoy sailed on without us, leaving us adrift. They told us they told us children that if we spoke or coughed or moved an inch, that the U-boats would catch the vibrations through the hull and we would die in the drink right there in the hold. Hey, hold on, are they Nights Jewish? In two days. I don't know if they're Jewish. I thought they were Irish. Was it Scottish or Irish? Oh, when we okay, went to Logan's house. Oh, so he's talking about that war. He's talking about like the the European, um, the UK. Sorry, the British colony. No, this is the world. No, this is World War Two that he's talking about. Because U boats, so U boats were underwater boats that the Germans used from the Germans, right? Yeah. So this so, is World okay, War Two that Keep they're going. talking about. But I think Logan Roy, Logan Roy, Irish was he Irish? No, they definitely the Scottish. Made the, they made the character. Well, originally he was Irish, and then in like season two, whenever no three, whenever Kendall was giving him that party, they made him Scottish to kind of honor um Logan. I mean to honor Brian Cox. Yeah, yeah. So they made him Scottish. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I don't know if the Scott uh the Scots had some beef with the Germans. Like I'm I'm pretty familiar with World War Two, but I don't remember that um part. But yeah, so basically they were escaping. They were coming over. So they, you know, like we said for many times on our podcast, like Logan did not come from wealth and money. <laughs> like he's not his kids in that sense. He kind of came from kind of, and in that time, the bottom. And so uh, he had a little bit of different beginnings, but then we find this out. We stayed quiet. A four-year-old and a five-and-a-half-year-old speaking with our eyes. There's a little sob story. And uh, once we were over, our uncle, who was, so to speak, a character, he, um, well, they, they had a little money, and they sent Logan away to a better school. And he hated it. <laughs> he just hated it. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't well, he was sick. And he mewed and he cried, and in the end, he got out and came home under his own steam. 
But when he got back, our little sister, she was a baby, but she was there by then. She, uh, he always believed that he brought home the polio with him, which took her. I don't even know if that's true. But our aunt and uncle certainly did nothing to disabuse him of that notion. They let it lie with him. That's fucked up. <laughs> like that like that's some like villain origin story shit where you're like, yeah. I kinda see why you became a villain. <laughs> right. I mean, but it's also like way too close to home because we literally just had a pandemic where whether like even if you just got COVID last month and you're fine now like a million millions of people died and people did bring COVID into their homes whether they meant mm -hmm. to or not so it's like dang we don't even think about like there's still this like there's still people grieving there's still people with guilt because whether you went to the club or went to work you brought you 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 may have been the person but you'll never know for sure right yeah like his aunts and uncles told him that he killed his sister. Like that is that is a wild that's such a wild thing, mm -hmm. man. That's such I mean, a fucked but up. But then thing. again, even when you think about virology virology, they didn't know any better. They have a better narrative back then. Like they didn't know to say like it could have been from us or we could be asymptomatic. Like they probably did very much believe that too. So that's messed up. That line they cut to Roman's face and his demeanor and expression immediately changes from like this pompous asshole that he's been this entire episode to it hit. It's like hitting him what's going on with his dad. And so then Ewan continues. This is going to be a little bit of a long segment, but I think this speech was so incredible. I loved him, I suppose. And I suppose some of you did too, in whatever way he would let us and we could manage. But they cut to the wives and the mistresses on that line. I can't help but say he has wrought the most terrible things. <laughs> this is like. Can you imagine someone getting up and giving this part of the speech at a funeral, though? I mean, you gotta be, uh, you gotta be honest, keep it for real. I don't know if you have to be that honest. That's a bit. That's a bit. This, extra this man, like, but that's the thing. It's true, though. Like, there's, there's very few people you can say stuff like this about. Like, you know, how they get up with presidents and blah, blah blah blah, but nobody's like, hey, this nigga dropped bombs. Okay, like. Who, whoever was the pre I should know this. I do know this on some level. Whoever was the president during the atomic bomb, like that should have been all that was about. Wh whoever was Johnson Booth, whoever, that should have been all that was about. It was Eisenhower, and that's all it was yeah, about. Yeah, but it. it was looked at as a good thing because it ended the war. No, I mean the funeral. They like they should have just been like that nigga killed millions of Japanese people. We're not gonna talk about this. Forget no, they did talk about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, the they thought it was it was a good thing because it ended the war. Uh, yeah. The Japanese yeah. at the time were partnering with the Nazis. So no one felt bad for them that they were partnering with the Nazis. I hear that part. Okay, don't, don't bring that part up. Just bring up the millions of people dead. That's what I'm talking about. But anyway, <laughs> move on, move on. 
He was a man who has here and by the way, I'm not defending it. I'm saying that's what people thought at the time. Oh, I told I mean, yeah, we've been fucked up. Drawn in anti-imperialism just became mainstream. World now and then darkened the skies a little, closed men's hearts, fed that dark flame in men, the hard, mean, hard relenting flame that keeps their hearths warm while another grows cold, their grain stashed while another goes hungry, and even has the temerity to tell that hard, <laughs> funny, yes, funny, but hard joke about the man in the cold. You can get a little high, a little mighty, when you're warm. Oh yes, he, he gave away a few million of his billions, but he was not a generous man. <laughs> Yo, this is wild, bro. Get From out. your brother? <laughs> but that's the only truth teller. Like, think about it. No one else in the galaxy can speak like that about well, him. Kendall it'd also be, told Kendall told the truth in a way. And he didn't say Logan yeah. was great. Right, but I mean, but Ewan is like he understands the villain origin story and still is like, nigga, I was on a boat too. And <laughs> you don't have no excuse to be this much of an asshole, basically. He was mean, and he made but a mean estimation of the world. Yo, Greg and his mom, who's Ewan's daughter, just looks so embarrassed. <laughs> Ewan's she's grandfather she's daughter. annoying because that's your daddy, like half his back, bro. And he fed a certain kind of meagerness in men. Perhaps he had to, because he had a meagerness about him. And maybe I do about me Damn. too. Damn. I don't know. I try. I try. I don't know when, but sometime he decided not to try anymore. And it was a terrible shame. Godspeed, my brother. And God bless. They cut the Roman and Roman is pissed, angry, upset sad like all these negative emotions mm. on his face and ken's telling roman you gotta tell the other side like you gotta get there you gotta tell the other side uh roman but gets I up there in, i mean obviously i get that but it's like he didn't lie on him he did tell the other side like i mean i think who 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 of all the people there can say that they had a good time with him like there is there is no other side besides the imaginary potential other side that the kids want to see right because yeah that's the like, or the or the wives talking about the one good dinner right but i think that's the problem is like you want to tell the other side in the fairy tale sense not like like if you just want to be like what was a fair eulogy it was what he just said uh roman gets up there and he's a fucking wreck he sounds like a child like my dad I want to talk to you about my dad and he's cutting up and he can't, he's fumbling around with his notes and he tells the sibs to come up there and he just tells them, I can't do this shit. Like he just breaks down crying 
I can't do this. I can't talk about this. He looks at the casket. He says, is he in there? Is he in there? They go, yeah, he's in there. He's like, get him out. Like, it was kind of like, I can see why someone could be like moved by this. Like Sonia said um, in the email. So like, I, I get that. But he's been yeah, such I mean, an me- unbearable asshole that I don't feel bad for him. I mean, I think, I think, I don't even, yeah, I feel bad. I think, take that out, take that out. Like, I don't think we should be feeling bad for anybody here because I think that um, it's more of, a, again, an awareness that there's layers to it, right? Like, he could be a very harmful person who made a decision that is, like, going to lead to, like, you know, millions of unwanted pregnancies and, like, un, un like a lack of justice and all these things, right? But he also is a boy, a man who was once a boy who was abused by his father, but had a very codependent relationship with him and never got the closure he needed or the approval he wanted before he died. Or if he did, it was manipulative. Like there, you could say all that and be like, oh, I would feel bad for anyone going through that. However, that does not make him, that does not make him unaccountable for all his choices and I think that's where you have to make sure to be very clear like he's still very accountable just like Brian just like um I don't know why I keep saying actor names just like Logan was right Logan went through some crazy shit growing up that would make anybody crazy but that's also not the reason to become like a selfish billionaire with like you know who who shields his money and puts a cross a, a a line that isn't an underline or isn't a strike through his son's through through his son's name on his will like that doesn't those things don't don't all like mesh together you know so yeah I, I never felt bad for him um but I did definitely was like yep and there we go there's the realness of it so um the last thing I want to say I've been talking for a minute but it's like each of them shows such a organic like person impacted by someone's death because you see the Roman who's like I'm fine I'm fine and then it hits you later um then you see the uh you know the Connor who's like I'm just gonna deal with it and like go visit him and like make my peace with it because at least now like I could talk and he'll listen to me and then you have the Kendall who's like uh kind of avoidant but is um like okay I'm gonna take his villain I'm gonna take that energy and, and, and fuel myself to like make the type of villain choices he would because that's all I know as a father you got Shiv who's like crying on you know lunch breaks right so there's all these things where it's like damn they really gave us like so many human like so many layers of humanness um with a, a cast that has been inhuman and inhumane for the last three seasons so I you know Chef's kiss. Well the most inhuman part of this is that Caroline is Roman's mom he sees her son basically having a breakdown No, she can't even like don't sit, like, oh, don't get at, up. It's just like, like look nothing at this, to her. She's like, look at the stained glass. Oh my God. It's like, it's just this nothing to nice. her. <laughs> yeah, no, she, she's, she's a fuck boy. I mean, she, like, quiet as it's kept, we blame Logan a lot, but it is also like the abusive parent who's still there gets the most, gets more slack than the abusive parent who's not present. And I mean, I think even if she wasn't actively, like, you know, hitting him or whatever was happening to Roman when he was growing up, like, there's an emotional neglect and abuse aspect to what she's doing still as an adult. Well, Roman clearly like, has mommy issues with all the jokes he oh, makes about older clearly, women. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, yeah. Uh, Shiv tells Ken to say the other side. 
Um, they cut to Mankin, and Mankin is like looking at Roman like he's weak in this scene. Like, yeah. look at this. Fucking... I don't know who this actor is, but they got this nigga to look like an Justin Kirk. Weasel. I oh, I hate looking at him. I'm like, ew, he's so weaselly. Uh, Ken actually gives a pretty decent speech for what it's worth. Um, he says Ewan was right. You know, Logan is a brute, but he also built. He talks about, you know, his his father was hard on people. He had a specific outlook on life, but, you know, he did build these companies. He empowered people. He made a bunch of money for a lot of people, which they kind of laugh at in the crowd. And he says, listen, the world we live in is fucked up. My dad just basically understood that world and embraced that world. And all the things that you say about him are true, but they're a reflection of the world that we live in. And he understood it. And in a way, that's not wrong. In a way, that's not wrong. Um, And Ken got applauded. And then Shiv goes up there and just gives this weird, awkward speech. (laughs) Just like, what are you doing, Shiv? And no one clapped for her when she was done. Whole time, Roman's still a fucking mess. Crying, wants water. Like, then they cut to Colin, Logan's bodyguard, who was also in tears because he oh. was like Logan's actual friend. The one, the probably only one of the friend. only people that Logan wasn't fucked up to. 100%. <laughs> as far as we know, as far as we've never seen Logan be mean to him, ever. We've only seen him be nice to him. And confide in him. So well, like he might have been mean to the nigga who has to take a bullet for you. Like that would just be purely bad business. Yeah. So like he might have been Logan's like only true real friend. And he was taking that shit hard. Um then uh you can tell so I so you can tell in this scene, you can tell who really loved Logan. Cause like Marsha and Carrie look sad. Kendall, I mean, Roman, we know Roman loved his dad, even though it was fucked up. Kendall just kind of looked like a sociopath. Like, he was just kind of like, I did a thing. <laughs> I did a thing. But he also is um, becoming, he is his, like, the most his dad of those kids, yes. right? Like, if there's anyone. Becoming. Yeah, if there's anyone who's like, you know what? I'm going to just be a cocksucker at this point in my life. That's him. And I say that again because I remember the undoing, how they use that. I would never use that word outside of that actor doing it. President Snow, he really made that word a, a specific meaning for me. I don't think cocksuckers are bad word. Well, no, 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 no. There's a specific way. Do you remember when I brought that up? No. Okay, hold on. Keep going. I'll bring it back up to say, like, this is who he's becoming. As they're walking out, to add on to the point of how Macon was looking at Roman when he was crying, Macon makes his a point to shake Kendall's hand and tell him he did a good job. Uh, then Hugo runs up on Kendall and tells him that Ebba is snitching on Madison. So Ebba, I saw some people saying that it was a whole, it was an elaborate setup and, and all this shit. And I was like, nah, dog, Ebba is tired of Madison. Um, that was yeah. me. That was me wondering. Yeah, that was me wondering if it was like at that party if they were like uh trying to like egg the morning. Like I was worried. I was suspicious about the data. I was like, ain't no way Madison is this honest with Shiv about this data. Like I thought they were really that much smarter, like ten steps ahead, and they're not. They're not. 
And that's for all you guys who feel like imposter syndrome. Don't worry about it because literally none of these people have this shit figured out. They just are, they win because they're able to, or actually, Brent, I'll just send you the slip. They win because they're able to show up every day despite feeling uncomfortable or despite thinking that they don't deserve to. That's who wins. It's it's not really about like ability necessarily or like where you're born. It's the people who show up the day after. Um okay I just want you to play this please because it's a very specific there. Oh I remember this yeah and then well we just feel it would be in the best interest of everyone if Henry for the time being why with the trial approaching the distraction serves no one. You told my daughter that Reardon would be there for Henry, that the community was steadfast. I did, but... Henry's life has been ripped apart. If ever an overpriced, self-important, full-of-shit school needed to step up... This is coming from the board. They feel we need to create distance between Reardon and all the ugliness. I cannot exalt your grandson's needs at the expense of the schools writ large. Well, I can. I've given a lot of money to this school, Mr. Conifer, and I've always considered it a privilege to be able to do so. But make no mistake, I am a cocksucker. And I don't mean that in the sense of gay belittlement as it's currently come to be interpreted. No. I'm an old-fashioned cocksucker. The more traditional kind. The kind who fucks over anyone who hurts me or a loved one. You speak of ugliness, Mr. Conover. You have not yet met ugliness. Donald Southern was great in that show. Holy shit. That, and that's what I mean when I say he's turning, that's who Kendall is turning into. He's turning into that dude at some point in his life. So then they, uh, they all, yeah, so Eva tells Hugo that Shiv pitched to Madsen at the US CEO, so they're making a play on Mankin. Um, they all go to the gravesite. Logan has this obnoxiously large crypt, like just so obnoxious. It's just like a fucking, it's like a house, like a small house where he's going to be uh, buried in. Uh, Connor tells the story of how he got this deal. He got it from a dot-com pet supply guy. Uh, there's like four other <laughs> slots there for the kids to get buried. They're like, kind of like, hey, do y'all want to spend some time with Pops? And, Lo- and Kendall says, I can't even finish a glass of scotch with him. So, no, I don't want to spend eternity with him. Uh, Connor says, um, you know what? Too is like, where will his wife be? Like, he's like, uh, I guess they're just the kids. Connor says, I was kind of thinking about cryogenics, but I think this would be cool. And I was like, of course, yeah. Connor. <laughs> Of course, Connor would be in the cryogenics. <laughs> Connor, course. let's be honest. Connor is is ahead of his time. They do not. He's the MC Hammer of his family. They do not appreciate what he's giving. He's he's he is po- political futuristic. He's white supremacist futuristic. Like he's really just like there. He's like, how do we use AI? How do we mix AI and eugenics? Like he's there. <laughs> I look up to him. So then uh, Roman says it's too much. He goes back to the limo. Ken kind of looks oblivious. And Shiv care. And you can tell Shiv is like in the middle. She's not as broken as Roman, but she's also not just like acting like nothing's happening like Ken. Uh, 
Shiv walks up to Carl and Frank and just basically says, like, yeah, he wasn't as bad as, yeah, how bad was dad really? And Carl and Frank. That's so rude. Because don't don't make these people feel bad about talking bad uh, talking shit about a man at his like at his grave site, but also like stop asking questions you know the answer to. Frank said he was a salty dog, but he was a good egg. And Carl said, "What you saw is what you got." <laughs> Those are actually great things. Marsha goes to Shiv and asks if she's okay, like genuinely. And then Marsha says to him. She loved him. Marsha says she loved Logan very much, but he broke her heart, and he broke you and your siblings' hearts too, which is like the absolute truth of that of Logan Roy. Uh, Ken tells Hugo to brief the media that the massive acquisition does not uh, the family doesn't support the acquisition, but don't say who said it. He gives them all types of Kendall pitch bullshit about you know the stock price and this and that and, you know, living plus and blah, 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 blah. And then Ken says, listen, I've got plans to go solo on this because I'm getting fucked by my family, basically talking about Shiv, and he don't trust Roman now. And he says, we won't be partners. You'll be my dog, but the scraps of the table will be worth millions. And then Hugo said, woof, woof. So he's willing to, oh, he's willing to do no, anything. Hugo said, woof. Like eye contact, he she goes like, "You putting it down, I'm picking it up." Like he was, it was just like if a man, if giving away your manhood was a was a soundbite, is that like him just being like, "Take it." Like I'm literally in my fifties. I don't know how many more years I have left. Stress me out and bring me closer to the end of <laughs> bring me closer to death is what he just said for a uh, first several million dollars. Then they go to the repass. There's a protest not too far from the repass. Uh, Ken runs up on Colin and asks how he's doing. Says, I heard you've been talking to a head shrinker. This was so kinda... nasty. This was my wor- This is the worst kind of moment to me, personally. Then he kind of like says, yeah, it's bad. He's like, how about you? How about you come work for me? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, no, no. How about you come work for me and you talk to me? Like, don't talk to a head shrinker. Come talk to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, Kendall's up, really like, go ahead. Kendall's turning into Aldi Logan, right? Like he's doing, he's he's making the moves. Like this man is at the repast, like shaking and moving and building up his arsenal and like putting together his board of directors and making himself like strong for a show of force to, in the next episode or whatever tomorrow is. But the one thing I do want to say is what messed me up here is like this man has seen some things. He's missing a per like he had a service job where like you become so purpose driven, and then the purpose that you woke up for every day, and like the person you would just like you know somebody you're cl- probably closer to than your spouse or any of your kids is gone, right? He feel he spent more time with that man than his kids did, right? So. He deserves to talk to somebody about what's going on. And Logan is only, I mean, Kendall's only thinking about stock price, leaked information. And let's be honest, Colin's not leaking shit. Like, it's it's the people. Well, he also knows that the outside of his siblings, the only other person who knows he killed a kid was Colin. Yeah, Colin covered that shit up. That. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a fact. You're right. Um, so yeah, I mean, no, Kendall, Kendall's doing the right thing if you're a bad guy. I'm just saying that, like, I hated 
um him giving like this is the only person in this whole universe we've ever heard of doing something healthy <laughs> and he's like stop that come do this with me for millions of dollars and colin's like fuck it i was bored so then uh then we get the scene with ken and Macon, and then Macon and all the siblings which i thought was fantastic i guess um given what we have you know on our side you know how we've been pleased to cooperate mm-hmm. in terms of shared vision i guess i wanted to touch base uh-huh. wanted to talk chat get my thoughts to you oh i thought you were the sound system now you want to choose the track <laughs> <laughs> he's already flipping the shit up on him <laughs> and then this is the thing right sorry real quick because this uh-huh. is critical to the next thing or whatever not critical but like it's relevant um the whole thing on election night was logan uh kendall wrote oh my god roman was like locked in minkins there we got a plan we got a deal it's basically set in stone we you know we did a blood oath over it like you know i have this man i i know this man's social security number and his deep dark secret we're good we're locked in and then because shiv did that stupid shit where she didn't even call daniel or what's his name to see if he was down right so mm-hmm. As soon as that fell through, that was like Kendall's way of being like, yep, let's do it for Minkin because at least we have an ace in the hole. We have somebody who's going to play ball, right? And and half of that was because Roman was so adamant that it cannot go the other way. And as soon as Minkin gets a chance to be the type of person we know he's to be, he does that. And I just, I'm not saying that, like, they should have wanted Jimenez because of this. I'm I, Obviously, I think they just shouldn't have, like, manipulated things. But at the end of the day, it's like, Doug, you're telling me 12, not 12 hours later, he's turning on you? And then it's like, did he did he even tell that to Roman? Did he take advantage of Roman because he was in mourning and tell him what he wanted to hear? Did he lie? Like, or is Roman, is Roman mischaracterizing in his own way? So that was just where I was like, Dan, there's a real breakdown here. And that's going to hurt. That's going to, you know, Kendall's going to leverage it. Yeah, no, I mean, not one-way traffic. Like, I don't know, when might you be dropping something publicly about your regulatory concerns vis-a-vis big bad foreign tech and great American corporations? Right. Well, I've said I'll I'll try to help. Try to help. Mm -hmm. Hello, sir. Greg Hirsch. (laughs) It comes Greg. (laughs) Hi. Here comes Greg as a subtitle for the season. Greg, this guy knows me well. Congratulations. Um, Tom and I were uh, proud to be pulling for you last night for, uh, but yeah, Tom hey, hey, stupid, called it. Hey, hey, stupid, stupid, stupid. And I relayed off, the call, okay? so. Thanks. Yeah. Why don't you? Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, like, who the fuck yeah. is Tom? For tiny tears, get her new good. So, make is making fun of fucking Roman crying. <laughs> Easy today, yeah? That's fine. Hey, J-Man. Hey, up? how are you? Here comes fucking Connor. <laughs> this is like oh, really amateur good. hour. With these fucking Roy boys. What are you doing? Yeah, hey, just wanted, hey, thanks. Want to grab five just uh, to... Uh, no, no, it's copacetics. Cool. I just want to grab five, you know, uh, um, just to talk macro Slovenia, micro travel budget. Con, right? con. I'm trying to talk with my colleague to bat some ideas. <laughs> my colleague? <It's, laughs> like, to say what you want about making, he's the fucking president-elect. And Connor's I like, mean... I need to talk to my colleague. But yes, as yesterday, they were neck and neck. 
Y'all weren't neck and neck. Connor didn't win shit. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just saying they were colleagues in a sense. They they shared a uh they would have shared a debate stage. Yeah, just like Marion Williamson's the fucking candidate. Did I tell you do you did I ever tell you I know her? What? <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that yeah. later. Oh, oh I mean it's a quick story. She once coached me and my team. In uh, forensics, we were doing a group scene from fucking fried green tomatoes, and I had no idea who this white lady was. And 10, 12, 15 years later, I'm like, I, I feel like I know her. And I had to do some Facebook digging, and I was like, oh, yeah, I literally know this woman, huh? And that's my Mary Williamson story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. But yes, it is very, it's giving Mary Williamson, and you know, I didn't waste my. Never mind, let me not say how I voted, but um, I love Connor in this context. Pan Habsburg, American-led EU alternative. What would you say to me? Uh, excuse me, Mr. President? Shiv, Shiv, if you care just... to follow me, I'm your extraction team. Excuse me. No, we're, we're, no. we're just having a... Uh, perhaps you'd like to chat with Mr. Madsen. Oh. He's a shit because he's like, okay, bye. He couldn't wait to leave a shift from those right, morons. Right, but like, come on, this man knows how to end a conversation. He's just being an asshole. <laughs> Good luck, Mr. President. Because my thing is... You know about Supermom's plan? No. Uh, no. No, maybe... Supermom. No, big tent this shit. Some motherfuckers, I don't want another tent. He says that so racistly. That was a great line. Uh-huh. No, I know that. I. Well, here we go. Welcome in. Okay, perhaps we. I need you to find out where this goes and how it lands, okay? Got it. Okay, well, look at us. A blonde, a brunette, and a redhead walk into the bar. Liberal, conservative, and whatever. What, what, what was your philosophy exactly? Privacy, pussy, pasta. That's the name of the episode, Chanel. <laughs> okay, I know you. Okay, okay, okay. I know that's better than funeral truths, but it's the way that this man said it without a hesitation. Like, that was. <laughs> That might literally be his motto without, like, he wasn't thinking about that as, like, a cool thing to say. That's genuinely how this man lives in Breeze. Anarcho-capitalist Parmigiana. So, uh, congratulations. Thank you. Very exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep this brief because uh, we're, we're both quite busy. Um, but I, I want Waystar. I want a piece of the news, so on sports, uh, archive, library, IP talent, all that good stuff. And I I really like the deal. So what we would want to talk about is what would make you, assuming you make it, what would reassure you about his ownership? Okay, I, I just want to be frank about um, how important it is for me that you feel comfortable. I guess, it. no, no, the thing was, whatever our frictions, there was an ideological sympathy with your dad. My dad had deep ocean currents swirling in his gut, but I think on specifics, he was about money, winning, and gossip. Well, in, in, in terms of um, like across Gojo and Gojo socials and all the kind of communication environment, whatever, um, and the, we're in this place where we are making the thing that everyone has, but nobody knows how it works, okay? And there's a um, very small number of people that are thought leaders in that space. And so I just think that maybe you might want to hear our take, you know? It's also kind of fucking fun. So it's either a 
couple of tiny men in your pocket or a gateway to broad and growing cultural influence? Well, you know, <clears throat> it's really all about regulatory frameworks, CFIUS considerations. So yeah. He starts going that bullshit because he's xenophobic. He's like, I don't want this fucking Swede taking over this company. I mean, there's that, but I also think he's like hedging his bets, right? Because that's exactly what Kendall wanted to hear. And he's like, eh. And then whatever um, this man wants to, a uh, master wants to hear, is going to say the opposite. And then he's going to go home and immediately decide for the person who makes him like, who helps his, his position, right? Yeah, but he switches it up soon as Madison says this. My hands, uh, national interest and domestic. Of course, can, can I can I just say that with the stuff that I'm interested in, there's no need for me to be in, deep inside it on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, so um, for example, uh, just spitballing here, maybe an American CEO would that help make things feel a bit more culturally aligned? Perhaps. Oh, what? Kinder Kuka Kerche over here? Do you know what that means, you know? No. Kinder Coochie Kerche is a German uh, phrase that means children, kitchen, and church. It was used by, like, Nazi Germany to basically describe, like, what a woman's role in society is supposed to be. <laughs> That's okay, where he wait, goes so, to. <laughs> so can you then rewind it back 10 seconds so I can catch it, please. American CEO, would that help make things feel a bit more culturally aligned, perhaps? Oh, what? Kinder Kuka Kerche over here? I thought you hated me. <laughs> My dad was flexible. I'm flexible. I know. Holy how shit, he's referring to Shiv. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> and you would be very glad, right, to see, see him win. My feelings are irrelevant. Our audience loves Jared, and so I respect our audience. And I love your audience. Ohio. Oh, all right. She has no, like, like she clearly doesn't like Jared. Like, it's obvious she doesn't like Jared. But she don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, she wants to be in charge. She wants to, like mostly said, she wants to get back at her brothers. Right, she said deep swirling things, but ultimately it's about money. I mean, I thought that was a good scene to kind of see how Shiv was playing. She actually played it smart for once, like in this scene. She did a very good job. Um, so then Tom shows up at the repass. Uh, Shiv says, you would have never missed Dad's funeral if he was alive, which is absolutely true. The champagne person comes by. Tom grabs some. Shiv grabs some champagne, looks him dead in the fucking face, and starts drinking it. I said, this bitch is wilding. <laughs> this is a wild scene. Tom asked to explain about the kids. Shiv said she thought about not keeping it, but then, then she thought then she wanted to keep it, but then she thought the kid wasn't okay, but it is okay. And Tom's like, why didn't you tell me? And Shiv says, because it all seems so sad. And I was like, yo, this is some dark shit. Caroline shows up and says it's all going to be wonderful and, you know, congratulations to Tom. And she says, she's like, oh, what are you going to do? And she was like, you know what? I won't, I, I won't see the baby. I'm going to do it the family way and looks at her and she goes, they won't grow up emotionally stunted. And I was like, yo, this is some wild shit. And because Caroline's just playing along like she's so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't care at all. 
Tom, Tom, she's so fucked up that Tom goes, yeah, I'm sorry about your mom. <laughs> like, yo, that is fucked up right now. And Tom goes, yeah, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom supposed to his side, apologizes for not being for the funeral, but just says he's sad. And then he kind of breaks down because he tells him, like, I was the first one to see him die. Like, I got to say goodbye to him when he was still alive. And she's, he's kind of emotional and He's been staying at a hotel, but Shiv tells him to go back to the apartment. He's like, go back to the apartment, get some sleep. And she's, he's like, are you sure? I don't want to, you know, I don't want to step on your shit. She's like, no, go ahead back to the apartment. It's cool. Go hide out. Um, Shiv gets a call from Madsen. Madsen says Macon gave him the yes, the okay. So we're led to believe that Madsen is on board with this plan for Shiv to like, you know, take over and be in charge and all that stuff. So, right. I just am worried that she's gonna fall into that whole thing of not getting it written down or something. Like stuff this cannot be right. Yeah, we'll see. Uh Ken and Roman Ken and Roman see Shiv basically having an orgasm at the repast because she's so happy about what Madsen told her. Ken tells Roman he needs his help. You know, they got to get the board and everybody on board. They got to make a play because you fucked it up. And Roman's like, what? He's like, no, no, you fucked it up, but I'm going to fix it. And he said it with like such a straight voice and face. I was like, this is really dark Kendall like Chanel be talking about. Like he's going full dark. Mm-hmm. And I saw somebody say that they think he fucked it up by crying at the funeral. Um, Roman did. But I actually, yeah, but I don't. Yeah, but I don't think that's what it was. Like, I well, okay, I'll say this. In the moment, what I thought Kendall was referring to was like the way that I read it immediately was he goes to talk to the guy that Roman says he's delivering on a silver platter. The dude wavers immediately to like one of the co-CEOs or like the other stakeholder in this whole thing and I think he's like you fucked it up as in as in like you fucked up the election and you pushed it towards a dude and fucked up everything for the rest of the country and we didn't even get what we wanted and I'm thinking about that in the context of the protests the Rava and the kids fleeing like all these different things I feel like he fucked up in that sense of him saying I picked the president I'm the man like woo 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 and then we find out, oh, actually, you did nothing but hand it to this Nazi who literally doesn't give a fuck about you and is going to run rampant on American politics. And you, whatever the news says, you know that you did this to these people. Obviously, Kendall's not thinking about all that, but that's how I wanted to roll with it when he said that. Then we get one of my top five scenes, and it's a very short scene, but one of my top five scenes in the history of this show it's just fucking funny. Did you get this? No. Did you get it? I'll, I'll send it to you. Who recorded? I think I think it was Ray. Listen to this. He he sounds like a sow that's about to get the stun gun and Are knows you it. Wrong? Don't You're listen. No, it is circulating. Come on. Oh, God. a show of strength. It's circulating. Oh, that's not right. Jerry Carl. Jerry Carl and Hugo and Frank are sitting around replaying this fucking recording of Roman crying on stage. I mean, 
That he's a piece of shit. <laughs> that is so fantastic. Did you get this? No. Did you get it? I'll, I'll send it to you. What? Who recorded? I think I think it was Ray. Listen to this. He he sounds like a sow that's about to get the stun gun and I... knows it. It sounds like he's about to get the stun gun. <laughs> I mean, a sow is a plant. Like. He sounds like a sow is about to get the stun gun. <laughs> you said a wait. You said a sow is a what? Uh, I think it says a sow. No, a sow is a animal. female cow. Yeah, sow. Yeah, female animal. Yeah. Just about to get the stun gun. Mm-hmm. What a fucking line, man. That is a mm-hmm. fucking fantastic line. Um, And then uh, Roman goes outside. He starts antagonizing these protesters from behind the barricade. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I could feel him having like an implosion and it's it's like this moment I think it's just important to talk about because so often like we all have these moments when like the emotions are rising up inside of us and I would love to know what a healthy person does with them because quite often it's like that's the thing that makes somebody rush up and do something impulsive like in tv and in real life so i like felt that energy and i was like this is this is the same thing of like him telling jerry she's fired and then him like having that weird posture he does when he's like trying to act normal but he knows that he's like imploding so anyway this was like oddly relatable because it was just it was like a it was basically a self-harm scene right and i'm not saying so like i'm not promoting that but i'm just saying that he was like he's in pain he wants to yell he wants to be a part of it he's luckily in the best city in the world for just being angry for no fucking reason going outside and being able to like say mean things to people um and you know in doing that i'm sure you're gonna go in depth but he gets the punch in the face he's needed for the last three to 30 years like somebody finally punches this nigga in the nose and i'm like think about the things that could have happened good in the world if this had happened (laughs) when it needed to happen like a year ago then they just basically trampled his ass too (laughs) when i think the cops were coming pushing everybody back like they were basically so fast and they just all ran his ass over because he's so small and and this and somebody tries to help him and he says get off me piece of shit it's like well bye Fine, we'll stop on you some more. And then that's how the episode ends. Uh, great episode. Mm. Uh, let Really quick, the quotes of the show. Uh, Roman says, Discord makes my dick hard. Uh, Ken says, I'm a little queasy Gonzalez. Uh, Madsen says, uh, if you have a little dicky, maybe you don't go to a nudist beach. <laughs> Talking about releasing his numbers. Uh, Shiv says the tsunami just came and washed away everything. Nobody's checking for the dicks. Um, when Shiv said he, she was pregnant, Roman says, "Is it mine?" <laughs> Roman said, "I think it's great that Macon is a racist and won't let a dirty foreigner buy the company." Uh, Peter Munya said, "Daddy's here." Uh, Matson Gold Star for the Little Red Devil for Shiv. Uh, Shiv says, which was a great line, uh, when she was like, he asked, can you get, can you get me to talk to Mankin? I can do fucking anything. My dad just died, which means she's fully aware of what the fuck's going on. Uh, Shiv said about, uh, Logan's crypt. Was he in a bidding war with Stalin and Liberace? Good one. 
And she talked about the dot com person, cat food Ozymandias. Um, Ken said, people who say they love you also fuck you. Uh, Macon said, I thought you were the sound system. Now you want to choose the track. Connor was talking to Macon and said, macro Slovenia, micro travel budget. <laughs> yeah, he's like, let's about. have this combo. Yeah, I love that. Was, I mean, you know, I love everything this man says. And then the best line of the show, Madsen says, privacy, pussy, pasta. That's what he's all about. Fair. I mean, don't forget about funeral truths, them being like, all right, I know we're all pieces it, of shit. And funeral truths. to tomorrow. Yeah. Um, who are the most disgusting? Who are the disgusting brothers? Uh, it's Roman. Yeah. One of the jerk okay. offs who is sister breastfeeding. I would say Roman and Minkin. Okay, he doesn't mean that. Doesn't Do you mean- know that? Um, yeah, because there's no other thing. He he does nothing else but say it. Like, it'd be different if we you ever don't remember the shit this. with Jerry? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it'd be different if we saw, like, if we caught Roman, like, looking at Shiv weirdly. No, he he just knows that it's disgusting. And it also, I feel like there's a set, there, I'll just say this. There's a set of jokes that are only funny because everyone deeply knows they're absolutely not true it's like um i've been re-watching arrested development and there's this one episode when like they joke about um uh the main character and his niece like doing karaoke and they just pick the very first song which is afternoon delight and like into the second verse they realize that they're singing the sex song together <laughs> and and then later on they make his son and his sister meaning like another aunt and nephew do the same thing and it's like ah awkward 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 but the whole thing is like because there's nothing inappropriate whatsoever so that's the only way I think that show can even joke about something so like messed up I think is that concept but completely in a fucked up realm where like it's only said because it's not the case but you know what hey every family has secrets I don't know flowers in the attic is traumatizing. I, I have no idea, but yeah, I think that's why he does it, just because shock value. Maybe I'm making a whole thing just to make myself feel better about him being, uh, you know, and so, uh, what is he? A pickup artist, whatever he is. Next one. Oh, I'm waiting on you. Um, discussing but almost privilege. Uh, oh wait, I did. Did I say Mankin was the other discussing brother? Um, yeah. The most privileged, I think, this episode is uh, the Caroline. Caroline's the most privileged in her own way. Um, Brokest boy is Hugo. Yes, absolutely. Hugo, Hugo. by a mile. Um, and what I can't think of the last one. Oh, World Star. Well, I this is from the other podcast, but World Star moment. Let's say that. Uh, I don't think there was one this episode. Maybe that all the was, well, mistresses. Oh, the crying. And what am I together? saying? The crying. Yeah, oh, yeah, the crying. the crying. And then it being like re- rewinded and like remixed for TikTok. Yep. Um, <sighs> we had a strong episode. It's actually hard to process that the show's almost over. Um, but you know, all good things come to an end. I'm starting to realize that. Because I'm usually the person who like stops watching a show like three episodes before it 
the last episode ever and then I realized that I need to just go ahead and finish it so I'm embracing that succession is ending I'm embracing that you know life can't go on forever and um I'm grateful to these people for giving me like we like our our friends said in the beginning characters you just simply cannot cheer for yep I don't even want to preview next episode because I just want to look forward to what's happening I don't want to they give us a lot yeah, it's a lot set. It's a lot set up. So, I think we're going to the show is called Succession. I think we're going to find out who is going to succeed. That's my, that is right. my prediction, at least. Yeah, that's right. definitely the um, that's definitely the prediction you got. I, I'm going to give it to you. We're going to see if there's any other predictions that we made in the last couple months together that are accurate, but. Before we get there, Brandon, I just want to say I'm so happy that we did this together. This show is um, such a moment in history, but also, you know, what people are saying, I think it's true. Like, it's, it's it's wonderful to have a Black perspective here and also to have, like, your political perspective and my, like, uninformed, like, socialist perspective. So this has been so much fun. I'm excited to do something a little bit lighter um next soon in june but also knowing that we're probably going to make it uh we're going to find ways to make it inappropriate and as, as inappropriate as it already is and yeah i'll let you wrap up but i just want to say like you know wow this has been a ride yeah i'm excited to keep this going we get righteous gemstones and we'll see what happens after that but we're going to keep this going and find this stuff remember you can email us at we was dragons pie at gmail.com leave us feedback about the episode what you think is going to happen uh, give us suggestions of what you want us to talk about or anything else you want to talk about. Uh, you can leave a voicemail if you go to um, the show's website in the links uh, in the show yep. notes. Anchor.fm slash we was pot. Yep. We can um, leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, we'll read it on the show. And thank you all for listening. And we'll be back next week for the se- series, not season series finale of succession thank you all for listening and talk to y'all later